0: faith hope and love these three things remain 1st Corinthians 13:13 13, 13. but the greatest of these is love in the situations each of us have gone through a number of our uh, family of God have gone through near-death experiences and loss from every conceivable angle in every degree and the perspective that we have on these things can change how we suffer through them the Apostle Peter talks about suffering according to the Will of God. Paul was imprisoned. But he reached a world from his prison cell. Especially through not only the Roman Empire at that time, but the world today through the epistles. These letters from a dark place. Not so nice as many prisons today. But from that place, whether it was a jail cell or a house arrest, His confinement and lack of normalcy, lack of freedom, false charges can cause a person to hang their head low. But not for this Apostle. It wasn't just because he was a positive thinking person and optimist. Because he had this thing called faith. Real, concrete trust in the God who's over everything in his life. And with that, he had hope. God is going to turn this out for something far greater than what appears to the human eye right now. You know about that eternal weight of glory. What we're going through, if we are walking with God, and that's the key, if we are suffering according to the will of God, it will work out something eternal. The greatest of these things is love. Love is the goal The Bible says God is love. So in everything we do, no matter what we achieve and what we try and how many people we help, it's important for us to remember the Word of God that reminds us, do I have love in everything I do? If not, then I can experience burnout. No matter what I do, there's a certain point at which I refuse or simply don't feel I can continue. But one of the 15 or 16 descriptions about love in that very same chapter, First Corinthians 13, is that it believes all things. There's another one. It bears all things. There's another one. It endures all things. Believes, endures, bears, and also hopes all things. Certainly, this kind of love is something foreign to what we understand and the world understands. It is divine love. And when we have God with us in whatever we're suffering, we may be prone to thinking it's bad luck. That's what the world teaches us. It's just bad luck. It's just uh, something that happened. I remember a a famous singer, a Christian singer, who died rather young, many, many years ago. One of the young mother's single moms that he helped out, along with his wife, he helped out this lady, this girl at that time, took her in and showed her all the love provided for her. Years later, when he died in a tragic plane accident, plane crash, She was one of those people who said, I don't think God had anything to do with this. At the outset, we can say, well, that's a good thing to say because we're not blaming God. But she said, I don't think anyone had anything to do with it. I think it's just something that happened. How during the time that she spent with this man and his wife and a community of believers, she failed to grasp that God is in control. That was not an accident. After all, in the grand scheme of things, although we can't understand everything, we must understand God is in control. He will not let His children just disappear through some unlucky incident, quote-unquote. God is very involved. It's this love that grips our hearts and draws us close to Him, to confide in Him, not only to sound off what we're feeling, A lot of people love to journal and talk. They'll talk forever if you let them. But will they listen? That's something that as human beings we learn when we come close to our Creator. After pouring out our complaints, even as King David did, Lord, I have pain, I have this, Lord, I have that, Lord, the world seems to crash in on me. Or, Lord, I'm having a relatively good day today. It's not as bad as the other day. Still. Still. The bond that I should be focusing on is the love bond with my Savior. That will cause me to really take everything into consideration according to light and not confusion or darkness. Love suffers long. Love is a force that has the capacity to undergo suffering much longer than usual. Because it's the power of God. It's the one who demonstrated love on the cross. He didn't die a quick death. He could have. He could have said, look, I'm not just coming as it's written in the book of Romans. I'm not just coming to die for some righteous people or some people who have changed their lives. No, I'm coming for the worst. The Bible says in Romans that While we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. The whole world lies in the grip of the evil one. So he came for all of us, the worst. When you look at it from divine perspective, it may manifest to different degrees publicly or according to people's perception and classification. But the bottom line is, we're all dead until Christ comes and saves us. We're all filthy until He comes with His holiness. That love is something that is so powerful, this force, that it causes us to go to the distance for other people. And if we can't love our family members, if we can't love our neighbors, even our enemies, Matthew chapter 5, if I take these statements and I think, wow, that's way over my head. I, I, I hope I can reach it one day then I'm really poor. God is giving me this luxury of receiving that love and then letting it work its way all through my life to stop and say, Lord, am I loving today the way I'm supposed to be? If I am walking with God and suffering according to the will of God, I can take great courage that God will expand my capacity to love other people. First of all, to love God when it's foggy, when the instruments won't help their pilot, when lightning and thunder all around. Instead of complaining, I take my fear and place it squarely in the hands of the living God. And He destroys it and gives me hope instead. He gives me faith. He gives me love to secure me so that I can be faithful to Him in the midst of that storm. And when I'm faithful to Him in the midst of the storm, you can be sure that God will prepare me to be a true counselor to other people who are suffering. The mark of a good counselor is that they are able, or he or she is able, to suffer through and with the person that needs assistance. Love goes the distance. This love is not make-believe, it's real. It's the same love that saved me and saved you. All of us. Notice the first quality of love in First 1 Corinthians 13.4, which will turn my trials into triumph and cause me to take all of my wounds all of the unjust treatment that I inflicted on myself, people hurt themselves. And also, hurts from other people. God is able to help me to take all of that, learn from it, and help other people out of the same thing. People hurt themselves, people hurt others. To show them there's a better way it's a better way to live psychology will tell you human psychology well that's because of this and that and the other thing you see there's a chain reaction so what we're going to do is fund research into this and hopefully we can come up with solutions only God can solve the basic problem the fundamental problem which is people don't have the love of God and that's why they mean to themselves and to others the love of God will produce in me the ability, remember the first quality. it uh, amazed me when I read that description years ago in First Corinthians 13, God doesn't say the first quality of love is to be peaceful and nice. The first quality of love, he says, is to be long suffering suffering. Long, which means I'm going through agony without complaining, especially when it has to do with other people. In simpler translations of the same verse, the Bible says, love is patient. What is patience after all, unless it's found in the midst of a trying situation? When a person's nerves are rattled. Patience is challenged. When things are going wrong, perhaps it's like this. There's no one else involved. But you go to grab an appliance and it drops on the floor, breaks on you. You turn around and you hit your big toe on the side of the counter. And then you find out that what you expected to be done by other people wasn't done. Start out with a simple mishap. We see everything's engineered. But the demonic forces also that'll come to threaten and challenge our love, our ability to bear with this and see that God is in control. Whereas people used to utter profanity and pain, a mishap occurred. Because of God's love that has gripped our hearts, we're able to make a progress. Not only do I not say that profane word, not only do I not burst out in anger and in frustration, there's a progression. And usually, or most times, people go make the progression to no more profanity, but still uptight, clenching the fist and the teeth, and they let out an exclamation. It has nothing to do with faith, hope and love. But there's a progress. And then there's another level where the person begins to be quiet and gets a hold of himself or herself and understands that this is not by accident. There's something going on here. In other words, it could be carelessness. could have been prevented. In other words, accident... Sometimes has the connotation that no one could have helped us, it just happened. So we think constructively and we are able to take advice also. Human pride hates to be told. You know, if you would have just pushed that glass cup a little bit inward to the center of the countertop, it wouldn't have broken on you. Many times a human pride will cause a person to flare up because they feel that they're responsible. They don't want to own up to it. They certainly don't want to change because somebody else told them. But love will take that and look at it constructively and say, Lord, not only will I be taught, humble myself and just do it, but I'll do it with joy. Granted, there are Christians who will smile and say, thank you thank you for telling me that. No, 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 no. I appreciate you helping me to see where I went wrong. But inwardly, there's still a measure of frustration and shame. An image is so important. I don't want anybody to think that I'm klutzy or clumsy. You know when love takes a hold of us, God's love, we see that the ideal that God wants us to achieve, is a genuine thankfulness. A tremendous humility that says, I really was wrong. And in the quiet time between that person and God, there's a transaction, Father, I thank you for changing me. That I really, truly said thank you with a smile from the heart. There are things that happen that can make us feel like divine love has no place in my heart. I'm frustrated. I can't love right now. I can't bear this. I can't put up with this person because he or she keeps doing the same thing over and over and over again. I was speaking with someone yesterday, a doctor actually, and I was explaining to him by way of testimony what happened with him and how The Lord had passed the curve by divine wisdom. Speak to her parents. I I remember several times the measure of love that God wants to use in this situation with your daughter is beyond what you have right now. So many words he gently but firmly communicated that. And it took a while but it finally got through. That's how we are by nature. We think, I have dispensed enough. There's no more I can do. That's the point at which we need to say, but God is not done. Hallelujah. Oh God, cause your love to flow through me. Not to say that her parents didn't love her. Not to say that they didn't do so much for her. But she was in a situation where she could not come out even if she wanted to. She needed God's love and power but love to keep pressing in with prayer and the anointing from God so that she has what? Hope. And when they received that counsel it took a little while I understood that we need to change some things in how we approach this situation. This is not just for her, but because I mentioned this very thing to a medical doctor yesterday, by way of testimony, because he's an atheist. He talks about love, but he doesn't believe in it, and I have to bring this up to show how. In a predicament so dangerous as she was in, God's love, along with His power, rescued her. But it came through a channel that knew that love on a deeper level. Experientially. And stuck with that, love suffers long. Hallelujah. Satan will be ready to rob us of the greater work of glory in our lives, if we ourselves look at our limitations and throw our hands up in the air and say, I can't do this anymore. That's the problem. We're trying to do it our way. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And as a community of believers, we need to absorb more of God's love. In which case, our perspective of our confinement, of the suffering, will transcend to a degree where we will actually become a tremendous source of blessing, eternal blessing to many, many people. Love changes everything. Burnout need not happen. When I'm able to tap into the divine reservoir of love. Love suffers long. First thing, what is patience? It's the ability to suffer under some kind of circumstance where I am called to go beyond what I would like to be called to go beyond. There's a transfer of my operations from the human to the divine and that divine love takes me all the distance, all the way. It's patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud. Have you ever been cut down? cut down where the pride that was still there God saw that you haven't dealt with it have we ever been cut down? well if we're God's children He will facilitate many such instances and situations where He will work to get our cooperation to remove pride because it is a deadly sin And it permeates everything we do. And it will never enter heaven. So God does His best to help us to separate from that thing. What is pride? But that which manifests itself in jealousy, boastfulness, conceited speech, arrogance. And by the grace of God, the Holy Spirit shows you you know what? The way you said that, it might have been orthodox, completely correct what you said. the way you said it, the Spirit of God will convict us if we are open to it. That wasn't right. And we may never speak to anyone about it at all. We may never have a reflection together regarding that incident. We may never have a counselor to talk to. We may just take it straight to the Lord. No one knows about it except you and the Lord. There you see God is doing something tremendous because What our conscience tells us after we've been enlightened by the Holy Spirit that this is wrong really stops us in our tracks until we get it right. Love is working. Love is at work. I don't want to boast, Lord. I don't even want a hint of boasting in my life. Oh God, I hate it with a passion. Lord, I don't want to speak conceitedly to anyone, Lord. Not even to the smallest child who They don't even know, not even know how to differentiate or discern or defend. Certain religions, they believe in alleviating suffering and don't even step on an ant. The same people, those same people, deprive human beings of food because they worship certain creatures that could be edible. What hypocrisy and what a counterfeit to say, "Don't step on the ant, it's life. I'm speaking of my own ancestors. Don't you kill that cow It has divinity in it? People are starving, we know but that's just their bad karma, you know, yeah. lot in life. Love comes and sees the need. There's a hierarchy, there's a priority hierarchy, where the divine love sets everything in order. we flow with God to save the very people who are made in His image. The blessing that was recapped from that sermon has to do with the love of God activated in our lives. To see everything the way God sees it. And to see what is hindering me in my Downtime in my negative situation. I'm seeing the big picture from being connected to God, from talking to God. The question is: Is there jealousy in my life? Is it still there? Is it still there? Is it still there? You'd be surprised how many people, when really pressed, and God is at work in their lives, they'll have to confess. You know what? I had about a hundred percent jealousy. And I was down to about 50. I thought I was doing good. But now I see even 1% is not good. And I want that out of my life. No more. God help me. And there's a struggle with the flesh. But they know they've got to get it out. It's not for God's people. Let there not even be a hint of sexual immorality. In some translations we see that word hint. And so it is with every work of the flesh. If these things are removed out of the way God's love will flood us and we'll be those people who can really see the big picture and by and by we begin to flow in the manner that God wants us to. When we're afraid we immediately switch to trusting in God when the attack comes. When we feel hopeless and the devil will attack any and every Christian. Different points we can switch gears from that flesh that Satan tries to stimulate to make us worry and fear and say, but I am free. The buoyancy that I experience in the spirit causes me to rise above the troubled waters. I'm free. Hallelujah. I know that God is with me. That's all I need to know. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I, is a choice, will fear no evil for He's with me. Love is not rude. You see, the confidence that we have in God that comes through divine love working in our hearts by the Holy Spirit can be blocked many, many junctures. If we choose to remain boastful, I need to be seen and heard and it will keep creeping up until we crucify that and say this one thing that will never rise in my life again. God help me. Love doesn't demand its own way. It's not irritable. How can we possibly do this? It's impossible. Without the living God's love working in our hearts. But because there's a person living on the inside of you and me. Who created the cosmos... And it came for condemned people like you and me. His love is so powerful that it will cause us to stop catering to the flesh. Find that flesh to old nature as a mortal enemy and fight against it with hostility. The only way to unify people in love is if I myself am united within my own heart where I'm not stuck in Romans chapter 7. The things that I want to do, I'm not doing. The things that I don't want to do, I end up doing. As long as there's that tug of war and dichotomy, how can I ever be an agent of peace and love and unity for other people? Once my inside is taken care of, that I'm totally surrendered to God and His love, I can suffer long. Hallelujah. Oh, Paul suffered that way went the distance just like Peter former blasphemers murderers cowards but they had certain quality in them that attracted God they didn't cover it up when God pointed it out hallelujah oh my if that first step could be taken care of how far we can go with God David said, Lord, I don't care if it's public knowledge. And he penned that psalm. I want the whole world to know. What I tried to hide for a while was utter folly. And now I'm putting everything on the line. So be it. Lord, cleanse me and I'll be whiter than snow. Please forgive my great transgression. Then I will teach other people transgressions your ways. You see that big picture? Everything we go through must matter for eternity. As Kirby emphasizes, it's a very important point, critical point. We should never say, well, I'm glad I went through that surrender to drugs or immorality or violence. And, you know, because of that, I have a better perspective. No, we don't need to go through that to have a better perspective. Imagine if that were true. (laughs) What would happen to humanity? that you need to smoke marijuana and and do these things so you can better understand what people are going through. The Lord Jesus went through every temptation, every point the Bible says, yet was not involved in it whatsoever. God himself, by the Spirit of God, that's why when we went to drug and alcohol rehab centers all over the country, Though we had nothing to do with it, not not one bit of experience with it. God's power moved powerfully, tremendously. I've seen people who were completely called out for their sin by the spirit of prophecy working, by the laying on of hands, through the word, it's the population God sent us to for a while great deliverance has happened was it because we had experience in it it's because of love love that is human can only understand so much divine love comprehends the whole situation and so the more of it we have the more of it we can dispense and chains are broken. He broke away my chains. He cuts through bars of iron. The prisons that the people are in takes love to go the distance to meet them where they are. Also, love is pure. Let me read the rest of this. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged, It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Never loses faith. is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Love never fails. Oh, the love of God that bled for us. Amazing how quickly our mindset can be transformed. When we're used to getting irritable or frustrated or resentful about something, whether it was a situation, a circumstance, an accident, or somebody doing us wrong, somebody not understanding us, somebody implicating us falsely for something we didn't do or didn't mean, the moment we look at the cross, see love that stretched out his hands and died for us. God is love. The Bible says. Face to face with the eternal judge who died for us. The one who meets out the sentence steps down from his esteemed bench and says, I myself will pay the price with my blood for your murderous crimes. All of a sudden, all of our complaints become minimized and vanishes. You see the power of love? God's love takes us through any situation, in every situation. It gives us tremendous hope. Faith is built up. We see the big picture, and we can be loving just like our Savior. And bring other people out of their death sentences through that resurrection power of love I suppose we have to ask ourselves hearing the word Lord what do I know about your love has it changed me to the people closest to me Lord we've seen a remarkable transformation in many of our family here remarkable they went from being resentful bickering and fighting and vengeful and name calling blaming actually saying I'm sorry and not sorry with a French fist and I just have to do the right thing more than just perfunctory or obligatory became a passion. Lord, i got to love this man. I have to love this woman. Yeah, they're my flesh and blood, but more so, they're created in your image, Lord. They may be down and out. They may be under some influence right now, but God, you loved me when I was unlovable. Isn't that the truth? Did God come to you when you were lovable? He didn't to me. It's when I was keenly aware, when He shined the spotlight of all the ways in which I had pride. Trusted in me. His love took over and it melted my heart. Now I can love the way he loves. And we should really mind our business. What do we mean by that? am not talking about poking into other people's business. But another definition is to take care of home front. Make sure your garden is clean of every weed. It's clear. So that God's fruit can crop up and people will see. This is another degree of love. I haven't seen this before. They're so patient. How do you get that patience? How do you hold out your hands all day long? Well, that's because my father did that, you see. My God came to me holding out his hands all day long when I refused to come. Finally I saw I can't do this to Him. After all, without tiring in His mercy, He's doing it for my good. We turned around and we came into the Father's arms. God expects us to do that for other people. But how can it be possible unless these weeds of the flesh are dealt with, literally destroyed, How can we know if that weed has been really uprooted unless we care to look underneath the surface? Because it's a matter of time before it will crop up again. The word uproot is a strong word. In our lives, unless we cooperate with the Savior and make it the priority, we will forever look for people to huddle with and cry with as to why this flesh is so sinister. And no matter how many times I battle it, it keeps coming up. But if we're sincere and the Word of God has come to us as it is, in His love, we gather with people who say, I'm going to pray with you and help you with God's love, to uproot this thing out of your life. Hallelujah. We need to be serious about it in our own lives so we can be a blessing to others truly. Otherwise, we will profess God is king, he loves me, he always hears me, he always helps me. And even tell other people you need to turn to God, but they may be wondering, but you're so resentful, you're so quick-tempered, you're so unforgiving, you're so brutal. In your sarcasm, I don't know if I want that God. May God's love overtake us to the point where people can see this is love. Not that we love God first, but He loved us first. He gave Himself. And so, friend, I see you giving yourself away for my good, your time, your resources, Heart so that I can become well like you and go help other people. Somebody says, Well, community service and giving back to the community. You don't need Christ for that. I mean, many people do that who don't have Christ. They help the homeless, they feed them in the soup kitchens, and they pick up garbage that doesn't belong to them. Good people. Well, that's the vestige, the remnant of God's image that makes them do that. You see, even if they don't have Christ, it's still God's image. The problem is they won't get to heaven. That's a big tragedy. To think that their good works can get them some kind of advantage into heaven. But when it's God's love, we will know. I can pick up all the garbage that these people make in the community. Get my name in the papers. Get a citation, and award, and recognition from the mayor and whoever. It feels good, doesn't it? Maybe I'll get a... Free coupon from somebody because they say, you're so good, come eat at our restaurant, all free. is good. Life is wonderful. There are rewards. That's still so superficial, so temporal, so vain. But when I say, as I'm cleaning up this garbage that belongs to somebody else, Father, may they see your love shine through. God, may they come to find out what makes me tick in a good way. Your love. May I have an opportunity Lord, to tell them about you. And Lord when I speak about you, they look at my faith, they look at my actions they don't see a difference. They see Christ. Lord, when I help the homeless when I pray for them at home may I know whatever way you want me to Do your will. My heart is bleeding. Will never rest no matter how much that person gets helped until they come to the cross and surrender themselves to you. That's love. That's why Paul suffered. Just like his Lord and Savior. That's why Peter suffered. John. The woman that had seven devils cast out of her. She suffered. You can be sure of that woman that loved Jesus so much, recognized how much she loved her. She gave her life away too. That's the mark of a Christian. The love is so powerful from above that it transcends every human love. And it will not settle until people come to surrender to Jesus. Keep on praying. Keep on loving. Keep on interceding. Keep on giving. You know what? At the same time, just like it's written in James chapter 1. The love that cares for widows and orphans in their affliction keeps itself unspotted from the world. It's a pure love. There's no mingling with sin. Divine love. And now every suffering, every low point in our lives, every tragedy, can be understood as something that can be used still by the redemptive power of God to bring healing to other people. Never once should we say, because I was close to suicide, now I was able to help other people, and pass it off as if that event was a positive one. It was not. Inches away from hell. Heartbeat away from hell. That's what it was. But to say, Lord, even though I was involved in these things that I should have never been involved in, in your mercy, Lord, your redemptive power has helped me to draw on that to warn other people. The lies that caused them to destroy themselves and others. And now my life doesn't need to dabble in any kind of sin. I don't need to be In any situation, to gain experience, quote unquote, to go and help people who are in similar situations, sinful situations, no. What's done is done. What I got involved in happened. That's about it. I'll be able to help people in so many situations that I never need to experience, thank God, because of the power of that divine love working in me. The knowledge that love gives is a knowledge that's based on humble listening to God's Spirit. Glory be to God.